0: This is the Fearless Agent Podcast, where you learn how to make way more money fast selling
1: real estate with your host, the fearless agent himself. Bob Loeffler. And good day to you. This is Bob here at the Fearless Agent Podcast for real estate sales professionals like you, where we explain that every single thing you've been taught by the real estate industry is wrong and you will make lots more money in way less time by doing the exact opposite. And uh, last last couple of episodes, we've been talking about the listing presentation, the Fearless Agent listing presentation. And uh you know one thing that i uh, i was talking to a um, coaching student of mine who was new, and uh after talking to her just a little bit, I realized that her life is frantic, and you know we all have kids or we don't all have kids um, we all either have kids or we 've had kids that we've abducted or something like that, but we all have kids and wives and husbands and Lives and you know what, other some of you have other jobs, but um, the goal of Fearless Agent is not just to make you rich, we certainly want to do that, but to make your life calm and sane and easy and fun. So that gets done typically by having the right schedule. And uh, the lesson that I learned from her is she does not say no to enough things. So a lot of people will ask me, hey, Bob, you know, you because of what you do, uh, you would be great at this. You should get involved in this. You should do that. And I always say, you know, I'm not allowed to do that. And they say, "Uh, how is it that you're not allowed to do that? I go, well, I don't allow it. So I have certain things that I say yes to and certain things that I say no to. and. The last conversation I had with her, she was going out to show a rental and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, you know, there's no money in that and she wants to be helpful. It's probably a friend or somebody but you just have to say no. So knowing what to say yes to and what to say no to is, is really the secret to success in life in general. So I just don't uh, allow things into my life that um, are not going to be not only i have I do volunteer jobs those aren't profitable, but it's the right thing to do for me on that day at that time so um, that's what I want for you is to be calm, nice, sane, easy, fun existence in real estate so here 's what it starts with. It starts with the right skills and then the right schedule and the right systems. So once you have the right skills, then you don't have to worry, gee, am I going to know what to say when they say this? Am I going to know what to do when they do this? Um, am I going to care what they think when they think this? No, I'm not. So one of the skills that um, I know that uh, people – kind of it's a lost art. There, there used to be a th- – we used to do business on paper back in the old days. So now every, there's an app instead of paper. But I noticed that realtors, they don't know what things are in real estate. So when you're f- focused on sellers like most of my, my coaching students are, if you're focused on buyers, this would be true to some extent also. But there's – I would do a seller proceeds worksheet um, at – when I got an offer on one of my properties. So let's say I get multiple offers. I bid them up. You know, I'm selling it for way more than it's worth. And then uh, I'm going to do a seller proceeds net sheet. So I have to know what all these costs are and be able to explain them. So on a typical seller's proceeds sheet, and I'm looking at one right now, it says down payment, origination fee, discount points, credit report, escrow fee, seller's title policy, alta policy, recording fees, tax service, transfer fee, lender fees, appraisal, termite. Oh, my favorite, brokerage fee. Love that. Payoff penalty, interest adjustment assessments, home warranty, collection setup fees, homeowners association fees, recon tracking fee, property taxes owed, impounds, insurance, insurance impounds, tax impounds, MIP. So it's all this stuff. And, you know, most agents, they don't know they don't know how to explain those things to sellers. So that's something that every agent should know. Now, I'm in Arizona. Some of those things would not apply to your state. Some states don't have title companies. Some states have attorneys on every deal. We don't have them on any deals, hardly. Um, But you should be able to basically do a thumbnail seller's proceeds sheet in the dust on the hood of your Buick um, or, you know, on a blank piece of paper. And, you know, title companies would provide you – with rate sheets and, you know, you should know how to explain those things. So it's important that you are skilled and knowing who pays what in this type of transaction. If it's cash, it might be different than a loan. It might be different if it's FHA or VA. Perish the thought that we never do business with those people. But good to know that and that is a lost art. So I would get good at that too. So it's five presentations that we teach you. It's listing, pricing, for sale by owner, buyer, investor, then you 're never in a money making situation where you don't have the exact right words to say. We teach you how to present offers, the right words to say when you 're presenting an offer, and then how you know you should know uh i shouldn 't teach you you should know how to do the proceeds sheet and be able to explain what those things are, like what is the owner's title policy, what is it? So that's kind of a lost art. So the great, great agents are able to do those things. Now, one thing that I think, all of, if you're new to the Fearless Agent podcast or, or Fearless Agent, um, you're new to real estate maybe. If you were new to real estate, I would have you assemble a list of your friends, your family, your acquaintances. So when you're going to look for business, you know, start with the people that you know, and you're going to run out of them pretty quick. But if you assemble a list of friends, family, acquaintances, maybe write down a list of all the schools you've you've attended in your life, the churches you've attended, organizations you've been a member of, clubs, ex-spouses, you know, for some of you. And it will just kind of jog your memory to say, oh, here's the people surrounding those things, those people that I might know. And, you know, these days you can look them up on Facebook and maybe be able to get their contact information that way and then call your sphere of influence using the referral lead generating dialogue uh, that we provide you with and then keep track of the number of hours that you spend on the phone prospecting uh if that's how you're generating your business. So there's really two ways to go. You could do open houses if you want to focus on buyers. You could use the telephone if you want to focus on sellers and just keep track of the number of hours that you spend if you're a buyer focused agent in the open houses and the number of appointments you schedule. And then the uh, number of hours you spend on the telephone. So I would keep track every week. I did that on a weekly basis. Uh, I would create my weekly schedule and block out the times that I'm not going to be on the phone first. So the times I'm not going to be on the phone every day are from noon to 1. So from noon to 1, I'm going to be at lunch. From 5 o'clock to 6 o'clock, I'm going to be having dinner. I'm going to call starting in the morning at 9 a.m. I may have a 2.30 afternoon listing appointment or buyer appointment or investor appointment. I may have a 7 p.m. listing appointment, buyer appointment or investor appointment. And then I want to have an assistant if I don't already that makes it so I can do only those things – so, really, here's what I, here's, here we, I'll give you my job description when I was in real estate. So, I had a partner and multiple assistants at the end. But the job description for me was this. And this would be true whether you are your own assistant or you have an assistant. So, the job description is telephone prospecting, it may be holding open houses if you're focused on buyers, it would be uh, lunch and dinner. I'm going to do that. It would be uh, listing appointments, buyer appointments, investor appointments, contract presentation appointments. Those are all going to happen at either 2.30 in the afternoon or 7 p.m. at night. Doing the market analysis, the mini appraisal, and no other thing. So that's my job description. No other things, okay? Now, there's other things. That have to get done, but I don't have to do them if I have an assistant. If I am my own assistant, I have to do those things too, and that's cutting into the money-making activities. So I need to meet a home inspector, get keys made, put signs up, order this, order that, you know, whatever. Uh, That stuff has to get done, but it doesn't have to be me doing it. Uh, In fact, I wouldn't even have to go on the listing presentation. I have to schedule the listing appointments. But I don't have to go on them. I could delegate that to somebody else too. So the number one job is booking five listing appointments a week if I'm a seller-focused agent. If I'm a buyer-focused agent, it would be booking five in-office buyer appointments a week that I've generated through holding open houses, not by buying leads. And that that would be insanity. So that's my job description. It's showing the houses – would be my job description if I was the buyer-focused agent, although I could delegate that to somebody else and pay them a referral fee. So just know what you get paid for and do your job, and then as quickly as you can, delegate all the things that uh, you don't have to. So keep track of the hours that you spend doing the money-making activities on a, you know, a weekly production report. and and don't make it complicated. You don't need to have a spreadsheet. You could do this on a legal pad. Create a weekly schedule for the next week and make sure you've got open slots. So the white space in your calendar uh, at 2.30 and 7 p.m. and 9 a.m., none of that should ever have a doctor's appointment or anything like that in it. So don't have any personal appointments in those slots, try to do that between noon and two. Get that all that stuff. You know, the dental appointment, the veterinarian. Just cram that stuff in the middle, or delegate that to somebody else if you can. The dental appointment would be difficult to delegate, but you know, try. So then, choose an area. Um, I'll I'll give you an. I think I talked about this on a, on an earlier episode. I was lucky that I got into real estate in 1984, and uh, so did a lot of other people. So I lived in an area that was built in 1958. So all the people that lived in that area, the the homes were built in 1958. So they were paid off by the year 1984, many of them, or almost paid off. So I never really thought about that. But a lot of agents in my office failed out of the business almost entirely because the neighborhood they lived in was the neighborhood they focused on and worked on and none of the people had any equity. So the only conversation you ever have with people with no equity is, I want to grind you down on your commission and I want to grossly overprice my house. So if you just focus on the areas of town – which have more equity. So there's the bad side of town and the good side of town, the hood side and the good side. If you focus on the good side, it will have more equity. And in my town, which is uh, Phoenix, the greater Phoenix metro area, which is the sixth largest market in the nation, there are uh, west side tends to be less equity than the east side. It goes up in value slower than the east side. So if you focus on the east side, the north side tends to be better for appreciation than the south side. And there's little pockets of exceptions to that, but not really. So if you focus on the good side of town, not the hood side of town, older neighborhoods have more equity and the people – uh there's less turnover, which also means more equity. So everything we're taught in real estate is the opposite. I hear people all the time saying, focus on the areas with the highest turnover. Well, they have the lowest equity. Um, if you focus on the older neighborhoods where there's less turnover, you, they're going to have more equity and the sellers will be easier to deal with. So just little, little stuff like that makes your job easier. Then memorize word for word if you're a fearless agent coaching student of mine, we have what we call the expired list introduction. It's the very first thing you say. I would memorize that word for word. That's going to be the very first thing that you want to be very strong. You're going to wish you had it memorized if you didn't. And that way, you know, I have lots of fearless agent coaching students that they say, you know, I went on my very first fearless agent listing presentation. And it was their very first listing presentation because they're new. And they say, I got the listing. I got it at 7%. I got a one-year listing. And they're doing this in a market where nobody charges 7%. And they say, I stumbled and fumbled my way through it. But even though I was bad at it, it still worked. So the fearless agent presentations Uh, are designed to work even when you stink at them. So you don't have to be polished. You just have to be competent. But I would like you to memorize word-for-word two things. Number one is that intro and then the close at the end of the listing presentation. You don't want to stumble on that. And then the next thing is the outline of events that's going to take place while you're in their home. So if you not memorize that, but be an absolute rock star at that and then um, and then the four questions which comes next, which really is what gets you the listing so be great, be an absolute rock star at that and then you've take then after they're sold on you at the end of the four questions, then you take the tour of their house when you come back, then you're going to be, want to be competent at the listing presentation and then be memorized at the close. So I think if you just do those things, uh, you're going to have a great, great thing. And, and I would like you to keep track if you're new in real estate or you're off track and you need to get back on track, keep track of these things at the most, okay? So I'm just going to give you the keep things I'd like you to keep track of, but this would be the maximum stuff. So hours spent telephone prospecting. So you're going to spend every day, you're going to start, every fearless agent does this the same way. They start calling their sphere, asking for referrals, using the fearless agent words, which make it easy and comfortable. Then you would go to any new for sale by owners, and we never call old stale for sale by owners. Then we would go to, and if you get them live, great, you book the appointment. If you don't, Then you leave the fearless agent message, and you would never follow up with them. Okay, so it's one-shot drive-by dialing. Then you would call any new expireds and canceleds. You have a live conversation. You're going to book the appointment every time if you follow our dialogue and get your question answered. And if not, you're going to leave a message. And once you leave a message, that's it. You're never going to follow up because there's new ones coming every day. Then you go to any uh, follow-up calls from previous cold calling, and that's where the real money gets made. And then you would go to just flat out, you know, crazy, uh, wacky cold calling for the rest of the day as many hours as you can fit in. So keep track of the number of hours that you do prospecting and prospect in that order then the number of listing appointments scheduled and a listing appointment scheduled has a date and a time and you know where you're meeting them and you know who's going to be there And by the way if any of the stuff we talk about on our podcast makes sense to you and you are earning less selling real estate than you wish you were if you're if you're listening to this and you say you know I'm not really doing this stuff the way Bob's talking about it. I am earning less than I wish I was. And I am open to the idea of having some help with that. If you would like to learn more, you can always call me anytime at 480-385-8810. That is my cell phone. And let's just see if you and, you know, what you're trying to do in your real estate career and what we do at Fearless Agent, if it would be a good fit if it isn't a good fit, I will tell you, and I'll still help you uh so four eight zero three eight five eight eight one zero and I love talking to realtors. I don't want you to ever think you're bothering me. you know, don't email me, don't text me, always call me. There is no emailing or texting or Facebooking or LinkedIning in sales. Sales is about the telephone, so I practice what I preach call me and if and if you leave a message, I'll call you back or we'll I'll pick up. And if you can't afford our coaching but you wish you could, um, you know, please – I talked to that guy yesterday. There was a guy calling me from uh, – I think he was calling from Los Angeles area, but he couldn't afford the coaching. After being in business for six years, he had been on a team, and, of course, that makes you broke. But, um, you know, I'm happy to help him. We had a nice long conversation. and. uh he said what, what we talked about was very helpful. And I've directed him to go to my website at fearlessagent.com and watch our webinar and then watch all the training videos. And my guarantee to you is those free videos will be better coaching for free than you would pay any other coach any amount of money for. And if you ever have a question, you can always call me. So it's fearlessagent.com. Now, when you're tracking your stats – Uh, I don't want you to track the number of dials. I don't want you to track the number of uh, conversations. All I want you to keep track of is the hours and the number of listing appointments that you schedule. And again, listing appointments scheduled means there's a date, there's a time, there's a place, and all the decision makers are going to be there. If it's a couple, it's husband and wife or the two partners or whatever, and then uh, you know how much they think their house is worth, you know how much they owe. Uh, You've got all the information gathered to do a ballpark market analysis. Uh, You've booked a two-hour time slot so that they're not going to leave in the middle of your presentation. So we teach you how to do all that stuff. Then I want you to keep track of the number of listing appointments that you actually attend. So not all the ones you schedule, some of them will cancel. I had a uh, call from Josh in Portland, Oregon today, and he sent me a lovely testimonial video, but he, he, for many months, we were talking and he was saying, I just can't schedule five listing appointments a week. I said, you know, keep trying and do your best. And then, you know, he was scheduling a respectable amount, but uh, he called me and said, last week he scheduled six and only one of them canceled. He went on five, got all five listed at 7% for one year. All of them were way underpriced, so they're going to sell very quickly. So he's knows he's going to get paid, and he knows those sellers are going to sell their houses for way, way more than they're worth. And they're going to be very happy like all his customers are. So, And he also has five scheduled for the next week. So, you know. He said he might get 10. Well, I said, you know, don't count your chickens before they're hatched. But but that is what happens. And a lot of those come from follow-up calls from previous cold calling. So you're planting the seeds and then the harvest comes later. But you get right now business and future business. So he keeps track of the number of listings taken, the number of sales, which would mean a buyer that you put under contract. Not closed, but you have a buyer put under contract, and then the number of your listings that sell. So that would be your listing goes under contract, not closed, and then the number of closings, and then the dollar amounts that attach to all those things. So again, to review, if you're going to keep track of stuff, and some, of, and I'm not a big keeper tracker ever, but. Uh, I did keep track of these things religiously. So it was the hours spent prospecting, listing appointments scheduled, listing appointments attended, number of listings taken, and the price amount they were taken at, the sales made with buyers and the price at which they went under contract, the listings of mine that sold and the price at which they went under contract, and then the closings. And they might have closed at a different price and the price at which they closed. And then if you have all that information for years and years like I did, then you'll say, oh, here's a trend. So um, that's what I want you folks to keep track of. Now, at the very minimum, I want you to keep track of the hours spent prospecting and the listing appointments scheduled. And again, if you're a buyer agent, it would be the hours spent in open houses and the number of in-office buyer appointments scheduled. And that alone is going to tell me everything I need to know. So if I'm talking to you, uh, you know, I always ask that on on an initial call. I had a call with a brand-new sign-up for Fearless Agent Coaching. We had had a previous call. But I said, how many listing appointments do you schedule? Uh, Oh, he said, "I I make 300 calls a day. I said, I want you to quit tracking that number immediately. So... When somebody says, I make 300 calls a day, I know they don't schedule five listing appointments a week. How do I know that? Because the people who schedule five listing appointments a week never know how many calls they make because they just don't get off the phone until they've made enough calls to schedule five a week. So his new goal is to schedule five a week, not get off the phone until that happens. And, uh, and that's, the, that's the way it works. So a while back, I heard about a survey that was interesting to me. And uh, the survey, they, they asked the same survey question question to rich people and then to poor people. And the question was, what is the secret to success? Okay. So write down what you think the secret to success is. Now, when they ask poor people the question – what is the secret to success, over 80% of them had the same answer. What do you think poor people think is the secret to success? And they think it is education. And when they asked rich people, what is the secret to success? Over 80% of them had a different answer. What was their answer? It was hard work. The answer you wrote down was it hard work? Well, the truth is you get rich in America by being hardworking if you don't inherit money. And sometimes inheriting money uh, causes you to be lazy. Other people, it causes them to be hardworking. So poor people are convinced wrongly that education is the secret to success. I know a lot of very hardworking people who are rich – that are not educated. I am a high school dropout. I never went to college. Uh, when I got into real estate, I, I remember saying, you know, I know nothing about real estate. But the one thing that will never happen is nobody will ever outwork me. And I was a hard worker, long hours. Now, again, nobody's getting sweaty. It's not like digging a ditch. But um, the secret is hard work and doing the right, the right work and working long hours at that. So I would say real estate really isn't hard work. It's long hours of very easy work at very high pay, or it's very few hours at very low pay. But if you work the long hours in real estate doing the right work, uh, telephone prospecting or open houses, and you don't do what all the other agents in your office If you don't do what all the other agents in the industry are doing, you know, most of the sales are made by this tiny percentage of people and, uh, you know, that's – they're getting it done. So that's the secret. So it's hard work, long hours at very high pay. So always think – write this down if you would. What do I need to get great at next? What is the skill or the schedule thing or the system thing that I need to get at great at next? So all fearless agents focus on is the right skills, the right schedule, and the right systems to make it all fun and easy. So there's something that you need to get great at next. There's something I need to get great at next in my business. Okay, what is that thing? Well, I know what it is. It's the the jokes have to be improved. That's what, <laughs> of course, we've got to get better jokes. So are you scheduling five a week? If you're not, that's what you need to get great at. Because that's the that's the input into the sales funnel, schedule five listing appointments a week or schedule five buyer appointments a week if you're a buyer agent. So be better at the open house. I have a video about that on my website. If you want to be great at the open house, watch the video titled How to Make Right Now Money in Real Estate and you will be booking appointments at open houses by not handing out stuff to people and gathering their names and phone numbers. So you book appointments by not gathering their names and phone numbers and not handing them stuff. If you want people to never ever meet with you face to face, keep sending them stuff that'll keep that from happening. So what is the skill? What is the schedule thing? What is the system thing that you need to get great at next? And then just make a, make a list of all the skills. So it's a listing presentation, pricing presentation, for sale by owner presentation, buyer presentation, investor presentation. I would get good at those in that order Unless there's a real reason not to. Uh, So if you're not a rock star at the listing presentation yet, well, then you need to be memorized at the expired list list intro. If you're not memorized at that, forget everything else. Get memorized at that. When you've memorized that, then go to the next thing, which is the preview of coming attractions, and be a rock star at that. So break everything down into little chunks And then say, what is it that I need to get great at next and get great at that next? So think that up, write that down, and focus on that. So it's five questions, five presentations, the four questions, all those things. And that's going to be the secret to uh, getting great at real estate. Now, I want you, all of you out there, if you're not – Uh, If you're a Fearless Agent coaching student, you're already calling me. Um, But I want you to feel comfortable calling me. And once again, I want to thank you all for joining us today. Please do visit us at fearlessagent.com. Please watch the webinar if you haven't already. You can always call me directly. Please tell your friends about fearlessagentpodcast.com and uh, introduce them to what we talk about here. You can all call me directly at 480-385-8810, toll-free, day or night. Please do give us a review of this podcast on iTunes, only if it's five stars. Give us the five-star review. And uh, then you can visit us on uh, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, fearlessagent.com. Until next week, I want all of you to do what all fearless agents do. We always have fun because if it ain't fun, we ain't doing it. Always be humble now that you have all these amazing sales skills. Don't be arrogant, be humble, and most of all, be fearless. Thanks, gang.